Good morning, basketball fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the Small College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell. With more than 10 years of NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball coaching experience, with relationships in college basketball across the nation and across all levels. Every week I work to bring you the only podcast with news, scores, highlights, and insight from men's basketball at the NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III, NAIA, NCCAA, and the USCAA levels. Combined, these levels of college basketball beyond Division I account for nearly 1,200 small colleges and universities across the country. We are here to celebrate their basketball programs, players, coaches, and history together. The Small College Basketball Podcast is a production of smallcollegebasketball.com and founder John McCarthy on a mission to unite all people with a passion for small college basketball. Good morning, basketball fans. In today's episode of the Small College Basketball Podcast, an exclusive preview of the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. The Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic tips off this Saturday at the Civic Arena in St. Joseph, Missouri. Two-day event includes the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremony taking place on Friday night at the Missouri Theater, also in St. Joseph. The eight game schedule on Saturday and Sunday tip off the NCAA Division II season and have been provided an exemption through the NCAA Division II Conference Commissioners Association. The games do not count towards the game limits. They only count for records and statistics. So the NCAAs do not count these games against the institutions, but they count for the overall record and they count for the stats. Today, I'll preview each of the eight teams participating in the upcoming event, as well as the individual matchups on Saturday and Sunday. Participants in this year's Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic include Alabama Huntsville, Northern State University, Seattle Pacific, Embry-Riddle from Florida, Missouri Western, the host, Rockhurst, Northwest Missouri State, the reigning national champions, and St. Thomas Aquinas. For more information about the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremony and the Small College Hall of Fame Classic, ticket information and products, please visit smallcollegebasketball.com. Games tip off Saturday, November 6, 1 o'clock p.m. Seattle Pacific squares off in the opening game of the weekend against the University of Alabama Huntsville. Seattle Pacific and head coach Grant Leap ranked number 21 in the country. They're coming off a 2020-2021 schedule of just 13 games. But the year prior, 2019-2020, they were 22-7 and entering the NCAA tournament that was shortened and canceled due to the pandemic. Seattle Pacific University returned six players off last year's team, including junior forward Shaw Anderson. He had 24 points in their exhibition win in last weekend's game over Lincoln in California. Uh, Seattle Pacific won 76-65, including Shaw. Seattle Pacific's front court includes Mehdi El Marty. He comes back. He averaged eight points a game last year, averaged five rebounds a game. He's a grad student. In the backcourt, 
in the backcourt, guard Devontae Moffitt returns for Seattle Pacific, 18 points per game, four rebounds per game, six and a half assists per game last year as a starter. He's a senior. He's a playmaker. You also got to be looking out for number four, Harry Cavell, 17 points per game, seven rebounds per game. He played 33 minutes. Cavell led the team in minutes played, a grad student coming off of a terrific season. Sharif Khan in the backcourt, 10 points per game, was a starter last year. He was 45% from three. And Zach Paulson, a 6'4 guard, sophomore, also 45% from three. So Seattle Pacific has guys coming back that can shoot the ball. They're really good defensively, mostly a man-to-man team. Offensively going to see a lot of ball screen action. Going to see Moffitt getting downhill, trying to play through uh, El Marty. And they're going to be challenged in that first game by the University of Alabama Huntsville. Huntsville plays with a ton of ball movement, ton of body movement. That Princeton-style offense fans are so familiar with from watching Lenny Acuff's teams in the past. But this time, it's John Schulman looting Uh, leading Alabama Huntsville into the small college basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Shulman is entering his third season at the helm. Huntsville is led by their lone returning starter and the coach's son, Max Shulman. 6'5 swing, plays inside and out, extremely versatile. Last year he had 10 points per game. He played 33 minutes per game, and he averaged six rebounds per game. Shulman, really versatile player, plays inside and out, versatile offensively versatile defensively, has great passer, uh, has great vision. And and Huntsville is really hard to guard, uh, really hard to guard. The new parts, are they going to fit around them? One of the questions we have going into this game. Huntsville should be a challenger in the Gulf South Conference all year long. They are preseason number four in the Gulf South and preseason number 20 in the NABC top 25 coaches poll. Some key questions looking at this opening game of the small college basketball Hall of Fame Classic. First, how does Huntsville adapt to the loss of All-American Sam Orff? Uh, All-conference players uh, Sam Suave, J.J. Kaplan are gone. Can they stretch the floor and provide Max Schulman the space to raise his game? How do they adapt to uh, a Seattle Pacific team that they probably haven't seen a ton of film on? And when you flip the script, you go to Seattle Pacific. Can their man-to-man defense keep up with the space and the pace, that attack that Huntsville is so uh, so good at? And can they keep the, the offensive power of Max Schulman at bay? Veteran team for Seattle Pacific, connected team uh, for Seattle Pacific, going to be challenged out of the gate. I think it's a really good matchup individually. If you're watching uh, Shaw Anderson of Seattle Pacific forward going against Max Schulman, forward kind of both swing players both versatile both play inside and out who has a bigger impact on the game so seattle pacific tips off against alabama huntsville in game number one of the small college basketball hall of fame classic second game features rockhurst out of the great lakes valley conference taking on the number eight ranked team in the country stack st thomas aquinas college Rockhurst coming off a 9-13 season. They returned three key players from last year's team. Rockhurst on the inside is led by forward Nick Bowles. 6'8 forward. Last year averaged 11 points per game, 6 rebounds per game. He was 60% from the field. Really nice post presence for Rockhurst. 
And on the backcourt, Jake Auer, guard, coming back. He only played in eight games, but he averaged nine points per game. He was 38% from three, so he can shoot it. And he played just over 20 minutes per game. Jake Buchanan, other backcourt returner for Rockhurst, five points per game last year, two rebounds per game. Good passer, good floor vision for Buchanan. Looking to replace all GLVC guard Curtis Lewis and forward Quentin Curry. Coach Drew Diener has to be excited about the performance of his red shirt sophomore forward, Rich Beyer. Seven points, four rebounds versus St. Louis. A host of newcomers uh, really played well for, for Coach Diener, and he has to be excited about their opportunity going forward this season. On both sides of the ball, they're going to have to slow the attack of St. Thomas Aquinas College. Stack is led by head coach Tobin Anderson. They return their top three scorers from last year's 14-2 team. They are picked preseason number eight in the NABC coaches, coaches poll. They were selected to win the East Conference this season behind the play of NABC All-American Grant Singleton. Singleton last year, 17 points per game, four rebounds per game, three assists per game, first-team All-East Coast Conference, NABC All-American, All-District, and he was the All-Met Player of the Year. So that New York City uh, sports writers, he was the All-Met Player of the Year in the area. First-team All-East Coast Conference, forward Osbel Caraballo, senior, 16 points per game last year, 7.5 rebounds per game, 55%. From the field, again, another guy who was NABC All-District. He's All-Met First Team. I really like his inside-out presence. He shoots uh, 44% from three coming into this season. And finally, in the backcourt, joining Singleton, Dimitri Roberts. 14 points per game, uh, three-and-a-half rebounds a game, four-and-a-half assists per game. Roberts is really good with the basketball. Again, all NABC district, all Met first team, uh, 47% from three. So you look at these guys as drivers and they're downhill in their attack, but you know Singleton can stretch the floor. So can Dimitri Roberts. Uh, they play. Uh, Jamal Barnes is back. Elijah Bovell is back. So a bunch of returners for Tobin Anderson and St. Thomas Aquinas. Talk about eye candy. That style of play from St. Thomas Aquinas is eye candy. Full court pressure, man-to-man defense, run and jump action. They force a ton of deflections, ton of turnovers. Get out into the open floor offensively. One of the fastest teams per country, fastest teams in the country on both sides of the basketball. Stack lives in the paint offensively. They have guys that pressure the rim. They can all shoot threes, right? So last season, 40% from three, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. So they can attack the paint and they can shoot it from three. Really interesting matchup because how does Rockhurst handle the pressure of stack? You know, Jake Auer and Nick Voles combined for seven turnovers in their exhibition game. To keep up a stack, you got to be strong with the ball. So I think you have to attack it. Uh, you have to look to score behind the pressure. And if you can't, you gotta you got to make sure that you get a great look against half-court pressure, too. So how does Rockhurst handle that pressure? And for Stack, how do they match up with the size of Rockhurst? Multiple 6'6-plus dudes on the roster, in and out of the lineup, off the bench. Who controls the glass? Can Rockhurst take advantage of some of their size? 
can they get into the paint and execute, you know, uh, over, over stack? One of the individual matchups I'd like to watch in this game is uh, Osbel Carabello of Stack and Nick Voles of Rockhurst. They're going to battle against one another inside and out. I think that's a really key matchup to keep an eye on. If you want eye candy, did John McCarthy deliver? At 5.30 p.m. on Saturday, game number three of the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic features a rematch of last year's overtime instant classic between Northwest Missouri State and Northern State in the Central Region Championship. Last year's Sweet 16 game went into overtime. Northwest Missouri State rallied from a double-digit deficit with two minutes to go in regulation. They force overtime, and eventually they advance to the Elite Eight and on to the National Championship. This game is going to be super high energy. Civic Arena is going to be packed. Northwest Missouri State and Ben McCollum, head coach, are ranked number one of the preseason NABC coaches poll. They return the National Player of the Year and point guard Trevor Hudgens, and he is arguably the best lead guard in the country. He's surrounded by five returners who all played more than 15 minutes per game. But Hudgens, he's National Player of the Year. He's a lefty. He led Division II in points per possession off the pick and roll. 1.335 points per possession when Hudgens has the ball in a pick and roll. Absolutely incredible. He might be the best step-back shooter I've seen in Division II. He has a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. He was 50% from behind the arc. The dude can play. But he's got five guys around him who are really special talents. Guard Diego Bernard, last year, second team All-MIAA, 12 points per game. He was the defensive player of the year in the MIAA. Forward Luke Rodders, sophomore forward, 10 points per game, three rebounds per game last year, 60% from the field. He's good off the bounce. He can drive it, but he's also 42% from three. Wes Dreamer, sophomore forward, eight points per game, five rebounds per game. Byron Alexander, tremendous freshman season, came on so strong. And if you listen to Coach McCollum talk uh, about how they develop their players to play to their strengths, I mean, talk about a guy who just got better and better. Byron Alexander, swing, uh, six points per game last year, 77% from the field. That dude takes shots he can make. And Daniel Abreu, the Bearcats were the most efficient team in the country offensively, 1.12 points per possession. Out of timeouts. This is an incredible stat. Northwest Missouri State was the best offensive team in the country, 1.1 points per possession. On the flip side, Saul Phillips has flat out reloaded his roster and his Northern State program. Saul Phillips can flat out coach. You look at what happened last year. They lose All-American forward Parker Fox, as well as Mason Stark, Tommy Chapman, and Andrew Coleman, who all had tremendous careers at Northern State. But in this year's Northern State team was selected ninth in the Northern Sun Conference, and they're still number 15 nationally in the NABC coaches poll. They returned Jordan Balka, whose role to score is definitely going to increase. Last season, Balka averaged eight points per game, five rebounds per game, six, seven forward, leading minute player. But the transfers that Coach Phillips added, D1 transfer, Sam Madsen, a guard from Northern Colorado, forwards, Jackson Monty, Trey Longstreet, Andrew Bergen, high school guards, Carter Lancaster, and Keel McGee. 
add to the Wolves' backcourt. If you look at the guys they signed, do their research, they signed guys who are high skill, great length, right? One thing that we saw uh, Northern State lose in the transfer portal was that length and that bounce and that athleticism of Parker Fox. But I think they reloaded and did the same thing. And in Sam Matson, they get a guard that can shoot it, a D1 transfer. They get a guard that can control the pace, control the flow of the offense, just like their point guard last year, Mason Stark. So I think I think it looks like you know this is going to be a game of energy. It's going to be a game of uh, emotion. And I think we have to keep an eye on we have to keep an eye on you know the scoring rate. Because last year, Northern State got out early. But Northwest Missouri State just wears you down. And they, they consistently get great shots. So can Northern State score at the same rate as Northwest Missouri State? Can they get as good a shots as Northwest Missouri State gets? You know, And can the Young Wolves score? Right? Can they score enough points to keep up with Northwest Missouri? On the flip side... How does Northwest Missouri State look without All-American Ryan Hawkins on the interior in that ball screen action we talked about with Trevor Hudgens? I think a great matchup to watch in this game is going to be the D1 transfer for Northern State, Sam Matson, going against the reigning player of the year, Trevor Hudgens. Really good backcourt matchup. I think if both these guys play well, and I expect them to do so, we're going to have, we're going to have a fun game on Saturday. The nightcap of day one at the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic is a dandy. Two teams looking to make a statement early in the young Division II season. Missouri Western under head coach Will Martin in his first year. Last year, they finished 14-11 and 13-9 in the brutally difficult MIAA. They went to the NCAA tournament as a sixth seed and lost in the first round. But... They returned five guys who all played 25 minutes per game or more, including all MIAA forward Will Eames. Will Eames on the interior last year, 12 points per game, nine rebounds per game, 40% from the field. Uh, and, and he's complemented by guys in the perimeter that can get to the rim and score it. You know, Q Mays. 6-2 guard in the backcourt, 12 points per game last year, 41% from three, four rebounds per game. Does a nice job with the basketball in his hands. He's a lefty. He has good explosiveness, and he gets into the paint. He breaks the paint to get the ball to guys like Reese Glover, a shooter from last year's team and returning this season, 10 points per game, two rebounds per game. He was 38% from the field and beyond the three-point arc. Caleb Burnett, uh, I'm sorry, Caleb uh, Caleb Burnett, uh, 6'5", junior forward, 12 points per game, 45% from the field. All these guys, MIAA performers, you know, they can flat out score the ball. I think if Glover can shoot the ball from three with some success over this weekend, I think Missouri Western going to make a splash. Lots to look for as Missouri Western going to run a lot of ball screen action, looking to get Mays into space, get him downhill, get him into the paint to create catch and shoots, to create uh, paint touches and get guys shots, you know, get guys shots by drawing and dishing. Worth noting, if you pay attention to last season, Will Martin did a nice job developing his bench. They performed really well as the season got later last year. So like the season goes on, 
their bench performs more and more, and their bench got deeper. So really interesting to keep an eye on the bench guys and some of the newcomers for Coach Will Martin. Those guys off the bench got to be hungry and ready to compete because Embry-Riddle from the Sunshine State Conference, they're shaking off the rust to join the Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Classic. Embry-Riddle did not play last year. Steve Ritter has four key returners from 2019-2020's 20-win NCAA tournament team. Yeah, two years ago, they won 20 games. They went to the NCAA tournament. got canceled. They had a preseason All-American. Guard Romeo Crouch, 6'3", senior, 19 points per game, four rebounds per game, six assists per game. That guy can flat-out play. He controls the pace. He controls the tempo. He can shoot it from distance, 43% from three. I mean, he was he was a terrific performer for Embry-Riddle uh, two years ago. Elijah Jenkins is back. 6'3", guard, 13 points per game, three rebounds per game, 42% from three. Elijah Jenkins has a quick release. Watch him on film. You know, Crouch does a great job of getting the ball to him in a shooter's pocket, and Jenkins can flat-out stroke it. Nick Hurd, junior guard, 11 points per game, five rebounds per game. Again, a lefty. He's 45% from three. And then forward Chris Murray, screen guy, roll guy, 20 minutes a game, looking to up his minutes, looking to up his performance after averaging nine points per game and seven rebounds per game. The shooters on the perimeter keep you honest because Crouch does a great job of breaking the paint, uh, making plays, and, and really playing off of his teammates. They do a nice job in the ball screen, does a nice job uh, going, you know, some four-round one. We might see that with Murray on the interior. But Crouch does a nice job of controlling the ball and controlling the offense. So I think we want to watch for, can Missouri Western adjust to the switching defenses of Embry-Riddle? Man-to-man, some zone, a lot of switches, almost an amoeba-like look. Uh, This is, again, from film two years ago. Uh, some zone press. How does Missouri Western handle the changing defenses in a young season? Conversely, how does Embry-Riddle fare after a year away from competition? You know, does does Crouch uh, does Crouch have to shake the rust off? Can they perform in what is going to be a true road game? You know, uh, against uh, against Missouri Western because they're located in St. Joe's. Like Embry-Riddle is playing a true road game, and I think if you like guard play, we've talked about the guard play in the previous game. You got guard play again in this one. Q Mays, Romeo Crouch going head-to-head to cap off a great first day of, of hoops. Like, why not? That's a backcourt matchup everybody should be thrilled to watch. The first game Sunday tips off at 1 p.m. Rockhurst and Northern State. Both teams relatively new this season. Players and coaches on a fact-finding mission this weekend, trying to learn more about their teams in the season opening games. I think you have to keep an eye on in this game, you know, which team starts faster. It's an afternoon game, quick turnaround. Out of the gate, which team is more aggressive? It's going to be an emotional opening night. It's an emotional Friday night with the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So you got to keep an eye on, you know, got to keep an eye on Northern State's Jordan Belka and Rockhurst's Nick Voltz. Both forwards, both should have a big impact on their team's performance this coming weekend. At 3.15, Sunday afternoon, Alabama-Huntsville 
Embry-Riddle going to tip off? That could be a preview of an NCAA South region matchup later on in March. In this matchup, you got to ask, will Embry-Riddle's continuity and consistency, even though they had a year off, will it outweigh Alabama-Huntsville's playing experience just by playing games last year? Which team is going to be in better shape coming into a back-to-back tournament? And which team is going to take advantage of you know, uh, the, 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 which team is going to take advantage of either playing or having experience. Now, one of those two is going to win out. Embry-Riddle has the continuity and the experience. All five guys are back. Alabama-Huntsville, they've played games. They've been able to get their reps in. So how does, you know, how does, uh, how, how does that play out? We don't know. But what are we going to watch for? We got to watch for who matches up with Romeo Crouch. Who from Huntsville can guard Romeo Crouch? On the flip side, can Huntsville's offensive concept solve Embry-Riddle's changing defenses? You know, Princeton stuff is hard to guard. I think when you go against a, fa- a changing defense, you know, the defense has the advantage. So Huntsville's got to figure out, you know, can they execute against Embry-Riddle's changing defenses? Who's going to guard Romeo Crouch? And then for for Embry-Riddle, how do you guard Max Schulman? And does your defense get eaten alive by the quick hitters and the concepts in the Princeton offense? Like, you got to be aware of what's coming at you. And it's a hard prep uh, for one day going against that Princeton. So the matchup here is going to be fun to watch. Romeo Crouch, Max Schulman, both super versatile players. Crouch has the ball in his hands a little bit more. But do we ever see him go one-on-one? Maybe we get a ball screen switch. Romeo Crouch going against Max Schulman is a matchup to watch in that Alabama-Huntsville and Embry-Riddle game. The matinee game, Seattle Pacific against reigning national champion Northwest Missouri State. Two teams with a ton of returners. Obviously, Northwest Missouri State returns the top player in the country, Trevor Hudgens. Seattle Pacific returns playmaker Devontae Moffitt. Great backcourt matchup. Both teams experienced, talented. Both teams got old. They're staying old. What are we looking for in this game? It's that point guard battle, Moffitt and Hudgens. And then you dig a little bit deeper into those rosters. Which role player is going to step up and make plays? Could it be a guy like Sharif Khan from Seattle Pacific or Luke Waters from Northwest Missouri State? Two experienced teams in this kind of setting is a personnel-based game. So scouting, game planning, executing the game plan. And then, like on a one-day turnaround, you're focused on on the minutiae. Like in a one-game turnaround, somebody's got to step up, right? Because you're focused on the scout, the personnel, the game plan, the execution. Someone's got to step up. So who's it going to be besides those two headliners that we mentioned, Sharif Khan or Luke Waters? Could they step up? You know, who's going to add help to Moffitt and Hudgens? And rounding out a wonderful weekend of basketball in Missouri. We have Missouri Western taking on St. Thomas Aquinas. These two teams both play an attacking style of offense. What do we want to watch? You know, can Missouri Western handle the pressure of stacking the full court? Can they get the ball to Q Mays? Give him the playmaking responsibility? Get him to break the paint and find finishes or find a shooter like Reese Glover? Can Q Mays and Missouri Western, can they get downhill? And, you know, pressure bust pipes. You just drive that thing against the pressure from St. Thomas Aquinas. And for Stack, 
going against a strong backcourt with QMAs, how much pressure do you apply? And are you going to choose to protect the rim or stay connected? Missouri Western has shooters. Missouri Western has stampede drivers. Are you going to choose to protect the rim or stay connected to those shooters? I think this is a great matchup to end on. Two really aggressive programs. Uh, I love talking to Will Martin earlier, uh, actually this evening. I love talking with Tobin Anderson. And both programs, you watch them play, they've taken on the personality of their head coach. I love the individual matchup here. Missouri Western Q Mays going against Grant Singleton of Stack. Backcourt guards, similar styles, aggressive, attacking. This is going to be a fun matchup to end the weekend. There you have it. Quick preview, all eight small college basketball Hall of Fame Classic games beginning Saturday, 1 p.m. at the Civic Arena in St. Joe's, Missouri. Thank you for listening to this week's Small College Basketball Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe for weekly episodes and interviews devoted to the incredible programs, players, coaches, and history of small college basketball. Please leave a review if you enjoyed listening to this episode and use the links attached to this episode to share the Small College Basketball Podcast. The Small College Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. You can follow the Small College Basketball Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Please visit our website, www.smallcollegebasketball.com.